Hey, it's Chaz Mostert here, and yes, I'm inside your speaker. I'm in here because I have a special message for you from Clayton in Melbourne. If you're a club, state, or national racer on the circuit or on the dirt in Speedway or rallying, you can now tap into the know-how of Walkinshaw Racing Services, and you don't need a supercar to get in the door. The same expertise that's won multiple Bathurst 1000s and V8 Supercar Championships is now available for you to call upon. From bonnet to bumper, WRS can help you with engines, design, paint, machining, fabrication, and so much more for all sorts of makes, models, and categories. Have a chat with Walkinshaw Racing Services and tell them what matters to you. Call now on 1300 WRacing or email services at walkinshawracing.com.au. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. G'day race fans, I'm Will Dale and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Castrol Motorsport News Podcast. Yes, we did finish up for the year on Tuesday with our awards for season 2023. But before we all head to a beach somewhere, I sat down to have a chat with Greg Murphy, who's going to be pretty busy over the summer months as New Zealand's racing season ramps up, as you'll soon hear, and also get his take on the supercar season that was. Murph, it's great to have you on the Castrol Motorsport News podcast. Now, we might be winding down our circuit racing season over here in Australia, but it's actually very much the reverse for you guys in New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, um, we spend a uh, uh, you know, fair bit of that fair chunk of the summer uh, in our summer series of racing and the, the Super Sprint series has actually sort of already kicked off the first round of a couple of championships, including um, the uh, very popular Toyota Toyota uh, Racing 86 Championship, uh, kicked off a couple of weeks ago at Topol Motorsport Park, uh, the first round of that one. Um, so we're, we're sort of underway with that championship. We've got a couple of uh, 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 Aussies coming out that have come over for that as well. Alice, Alice Buckley's racing. Um, also, um, um, Mr. Bloxham, I've bloody forgotten his first name for a second. Uh, Lockie, Lockie, of course, Lockie Bloxham is racing in that championship this year too. So, uh, a couple of fast Aussies that, that are competing. So, that's kicked off. Second round of 86 is actually um, the last weekend of January. Um, and the first, uh, sort of the first round of the CT Frock or the TRS championship kicks off in Topol as well on the um, 19th to 21st of um, January, which is uh, the historic Grand Prix meeting. So, and then we've got five weekends in a row of CT Frock um, around uh, around New Zealand, um, and uh, we're looking forward to that again. That championship has has uh, just gone and you know forward and leaps and bounds um, since its inception, and and uh, I think uh, the season coming up at the beginning of twenty four will will uh, will continue that trend. The um, New Zealand has played a pretty big role in launching some international talent over the year or in recent years. I mean, we, of course, know the legacy of the Tasman series and all the F1 stars coming over, but the TRS series, guys like Lance Stroll and all sorts of other Europeans coming up. Lando Norris. Lando Norris. A little bit more relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All All these drivers who come over and race throughout New Zealand over the summer. Yeah, Yuki. Yuki was here as well. He's he's done it. Obviously, Liam Lawson, Marcus Armstrong, some very very fast Kiwis that um, are obviously uh, doing incredibly well on the international scene. So I mean, there's a huge list, and I, I should know more of them off the top of my head. But um, you go and you can uh, very quickly see that there's a, a large list of F1 stars um, that have uh, that are current and um, and past as well that have that have come through and, and spent time in New Zealand over our summer. 
um, just, you know, um, uh, tuning and fine tuning and getting that experience and, and using it as a as the beginning of their 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 season when they head back to Europe. Um, so it's it's uh, it's been hugely successful, and I take my hat off to Toyota for you know for their commitment to it and being a part of it, as well as um, our '86 championship. Mm. Now, you mentioned it just before. A big part of the reason I wanted to chat to you before the year is out is that there's this very exciting race meeting coming up at Topor in the new year, the Topor Historic mm. Grand Prix on January 19 to 21. Now, I've only ever, I've never been to New Zealand, and so I've only ever seen photos of the historic events that you guys do over there. I don't know what it is, but you really seem to have, you really seem to do things right when it comes to showcasing the sports history and all those iconic race cars that we grew up watching. Yeah, and I love it too. I mean, we, we've had some some wonderful, and we'll continue to have wonderful uh, events showcasing historic racing and, and and vehicles, and you know, preserving that history is is just so critically important. And and we've got such a, a vast array of vehicles here that um, cover off just every conceivable um, you know previous category of, of racing, and 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 people that just uh, you know are committed to it, very very committed to it. Um, so many cars and, and sheds, and we're talking from you know right from historic Formula Ford and and Formula Junior all the way through to five thousands and every saloon car category and type in between um, is is amazing. So you know uh, the historic GP is is a little bit different this year um, in that uh, it is combined with uh, the the TRS or CT Frock um, Championship, the first round. So a little bit of modern and 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 the future. Uh, mixed in with with obviously the past, and and we're also celebrating, um, you know, uh, which is dear to my heart and close to my heart, and many others celebrating uh, Holden as the mark um, that we we're uh, showcasing in twenty twenty four as well. So there's a lot of excitement around that, and, and you know, there's no no. Uh, no doubt, I, I, I do not need to explain to people the, the love of, of and passion of Holden in New Zealand, just like in, like in Australia. So, you know, we, we're focused on doing that. We're bringing some cars over from Australia. Some uh, owners um, have been very, very kind and, and, and willing to um, actually ship some some uh, iconic uh, vehicles over for uh, for the event to, to help celebrate the Holden brand. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're steadily seeing the rollout of the cars that are that are coming from over here to head over there. I think the first one that came out last week is the the Nations Cup Monaro that, um, that of course, you piloted to victory in the 2003 Bathurst 24-hour alongside Jason Bright, Todd Kelly, and, of course, the one and only King of the Mountain, Peter Brock. Uh, are you going to have a spin in that over the weekend? or? Yeah, I, I, that's the plan. I, I was very fortunate. Um, oh, was it 2020 it was? Uh, that um, I met Peter Lucas, the current owner of the car, at, at the Phillip Island Classic. And um, I, I hadn't seen the car. I don't think I'd seen the car since we raced it. And Pete and I hit it off, and, um, and he offered me to have a drive of it at the Phillip Island Classic, which I obviously gladly did. Um, so I got to you know experience it again, and we've kept in touch and and become good mates. And and um, you know when the opportunity presented for the the, the, uh, the historic GP, um, I rang him up, and you know he was more than happy to to uh, ship it over. So it's uh, leaving leaving Australia for a short period of time, and and uh, you know it's, it's 
the fans just love seeing these cars. I love seeing them and, and seeing them run. And, and, you know, Pete's a big advocate for having the car um, up and running and, and actually putting it on a racetrack. So, you know, we're very privileged to, to have that opportunity to, to have that wonderful piece of um, Holden Motorsport history um, in New Zealand. It'll be a slightly more relaxing drive than the um, closing stages of that 0324 hour. No Garth Tander up your chuff this time. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, um, it, it brings back so many memories. I mean, it was it was just such a uh, <laughs> a crazy event, you know, such a crazy event. When you think back and, and go, oh, we're going to do 24-hour races at Bathurst, I mean, who wouldn't want to be involved in that for a start? But, the, the, the you know, to do 24 hours at that place is just nuts. And then to have have the last eight minutes and have Gary Rogers come on the radio and, and um, tell us that we were free to race for the last eight minutes was was something that was hard to hard to comprehend um, and let, just say that I did feel every single second of pressure for the remaining time of that race from GT. Um, but uh, as we know, he's an absolute pro, so he was probably uh, the right bloke to have um, behind me at the time. Yeah, I can only imagine that the last thing a marathon runner would want to do at, right at the end is a 100-metre sprint, so that would not yeah. be very very amusing to hear. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was crazy. There was yellow flags and there was cars stopped and there was people crashing. Oh, it was just, it was chaos, but um, yeah, uh, definitely a, a great memory. So this car means a lot to me um, and um, I'm sure it will mean a lot to uh, the New Zealand fans having it, having it here in New Zealand for, for a little bit. So as we're talking, that's that's the first car that's been announced. Can you give us a bit of an inkling as to what sort of other things we might might potentially be seeing? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Peter and Harry Jones are going to be heading over, and they've got the uh, the two thousand and seven HRT um, uh, Todd Kelly um, Commodore um, VE Commodore, uh, which was also run and um, that Jason Richards actually ran as well um, when he was at BJR. So that car is is coming over, which we're really excited to have, uh, and also. Um, uh, Perry uh, Bizakis is, is allowing us to have his uh, couple of um, Perkins Engineering Commodores, so Larry's 1993 car and also the 2003 car. So they're heading over um, to be to be also demoed. Um, um, Jack Perkins is coming and Stephen Richards is coming, so they're going to demo both those cars as well uh, at the event. Um, so we're, we're really, really fortunate to to have have that uh, those vehicles turning up, and we're really appreciative of the of the owners um, for for uh, being a part of it and, and contributing to to what we hope is going to be a great celebration. The um, the fans at Topo are in for an absolute treat seeing those two Perkins Commodores having having had a good close up look at the '93 Bathurst winner for the first mm. time at Bathurst a couple of months ago. Jack and Jack and everyone oh, yeah. that's been involved in that restoration, they've done such a phenomenal job. Yeah, it uh, it really it really is something awesome. I mean, Jack Jack just uh, he knows and he's got such a passion, which is uh, which is obvious. Why wouldn't you have? But the the work that he does and and um, the time that he takes and um, you know the love of of the history of of Perkins Engineering is 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 awesome, and and you can just you can see all that passion in there with uh, with everything that's done on those cars. So we're we're very lucky to have um, them coming, and and uh, we just got to thank Perry for for you know um, again being willing to to do that. Um, you know these cars are not are not. Uh, you know, cheap vehicles. They're worth a lot of money, um, but he again likes to see them. Um, you know, on the track and and being driven as well. So you know, I'm sure again people will really appreciate it. Uh, also, just um, 
uh, only just recently confirmed in the last uh, few days was that uh, Shane Van Gisbergen's um, uh, Camaro uh, that he finished uh, there in Adelaide is also going to be sent over. Um, we don't know exactly what we're going to be uh, able to do with that car just yet, but uh, Tony Quinn is, is shipping that car over to New Zealand to, to do the rounds, and, and um, I'm sure it'll be at Highlands at the museum for a bit, but it's going to also be in Topol. So we're... We're pretty, uh, pretty excited to be able to have that and, again, something for the fans to, to get up close and personal with and um, as well. And the only problem is uh, SVG is not going to be there with it. No, indeed. And um, at least in theory, it might be more drivable than most other SVG cars that he's done with at the end of the season. Well, it's got the guards on it this time. <laughs> That's, that's right. He he, un, he very unfortunately didn't get to uh, to celebrate in, in SVG style, unfortunately at Adelaide, um, with uh, you know some kind of meteoric uh, comeback. Um, so it was really unfortunate that that happened because I, I think if if it had been, then I don't think the car would be uh, turning up here um, uh, for for January because I think you're right. It would it would need some serious repairs done to the back guards on the Camaro, but. Um, uh, so yes, it, uh, I think I'd prefer it to have had the guards blown off it than actually have it turning up here in perfect condition um, <laughs> in January. Uh, now, if you're listening and you do want to get tickets to the Topor Historic Grand Prix, whether you're in New Zealand or whether you're going to make the journey over from Australia or wherever you are in the world, head to ticketferry.com because it does promise to be an absolutely sensational event on January 19 to 21. Now, I'd be remiss in not getting more thoughts from you on this year's Repco Supercars Championship. I mean, a sweep of titles for Erebus with the Dunlop Teams Championship and Brody Kostecki getting his maiden driver's championship. I think we all suspected Erebus would be one of the teams that benefited from the whole reset of Gen 3 coming in, but did it surprise you that they were able to offer such a sustained challenge for so long and go on to win these titles? Yeah, i pleasantly surprised, uh, obviously, like I think most people would say. I, I mean, yeah, I, the, the regulations, without doubt, you know, uh, were designed um, in a way to level the playing field, as, as we know, and, and it's done that. I think Gen 3 has succeeded really well in, in doing that. Clearly, there's, you know, there's been issues all the way through the year and there's been, I mean, I can't believe it's 12 months as, as know, gone right? that quickly in the championship. I mean, it you know, we've had we've had those those issues around parity and, and conversations, and there's been some reliability things. Would, but I think that comes with you know, with a, a new car and a new package, new engine package. So you know, there's been some obviously some hell that some teams have had to get through uh, this year, which uh, which you know I think we finished on such a strong note with with the Gen Three, and clearly you know the the testing that's going to be done over the summer break is really really important just to level things out. Um, in a in a you know a really highly technical way that um, hopefully we we don't have to continue talking about the the p word moving forward. So you know um, Ford finished on an absolute high. Uh, you know seeing uh, you know, my mate bloody Maddie Payne um, you know achieve what he achieved at the end of the season. Another amazing achievement. Brock Feeney the year before doing what he did, and then Matt Payne coming through to do what he did. Um, you know, just is really exciting for the future of, of the category. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that gets me excited about it. You know, some of the new guys that are coming in next year with Ryan Wood coming on board with WAU, again, just a, a hugely talented young driver. And I'm, I'm being very focused on Kiwis here because Richie Stanaway as well is going to be joining <laughs> Matt Payne. 
um, that 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 gets the Kiwis, you know, over here very excited about the future of the sport. But you know, Gen Three, I love the look of it. I love the way it's it's you know the philosophy of it. Yes, there's been some issues all the you know, through it for for a sustained amount of time. But I think uh, next year, you know, there really isn't any excuse to get it absolutely spot on and have teams out there no matter what you're driving um, being competitive um, but it did highlight as you said with Erebus um, it suited suited them absolutely brilliantly and um, they stepped up they stepped up to the mark and and ran two cars you know pretty consistently at the front and and put themselves in that position to, to win that championship and you know Brody Brody's brilliant he really is he's you know he's just a a, a genuine superstar talent and and you know um, he dealt with those pressures at the end um, really, really well to to get the job done and, and set himself up uh, for it, and they they very much deserve it. So it's a ma- yeah massive congrats to to Barry Betty and and the Erebus team. And I was lucky enough to you know spend a little bit of time uh, up close and personal there in twenty two with with the wild card and. You know they they um, they do things a little bit differently than than say Triple Eight do and and the way they operate, but um, they they get it done and uh, it's uh, you know now they got to you know back it up in in twenty twenty four, but which I'm sure they will be very prepared for. You touched on Brody's talent behind the wheel. I mean he ticks he ticks the box very much there. But with a lot of star names departing the grid in recent years, do you see him being a good champion for the sport? I mean, he seems to be pretty good with fans and certainly seems much more comfortable and confident now in front of a camera. But winning the sport's big prizes, as you well know, puts you under ver- under a very big spotlight. Yeah, it does. well, I never won. So, I, I mean... You, know, you won a few Bathursts. Yeah, won a, won a few things, but I uh, never won a championship. Um, uh I, yeah, I think he will be. I think I think he's just going to grow uh, from that. I, I think you know. I would assume. I would feel that you know, getting getting that one off your back, um, it, it really does prepare you so well to be able to 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 climb into more championships and more race wins. That confidence, you know, just getting it out of the way. Number one, I've won a championship. It's out of the way. You know, you you then I think are released a little bit. You know that that pressure. Uh, I think it's subliminal. I don't necessarily think it's you know it's something that you you really necessarily feel. But I, I think you'll be so. I think you'll be really strong next year. But I think the competition, as I say, if if um, supercars do the job that's necessary in, in making sure that the the there is no you know uh, issues or performance differences that are significant between um, the, the Camaro and the Mustang next year, you know, he's going to be under a huge pressure from lots of other, other drivers, but that's what he wants. You mm. know, that's what drivers want. That's what, a, that's what you want when you are, uh, you know, fighting in such a competitive championship is I won by being the best and it wasn't because I was amongst, um, you know, a uh, 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 competitors that weren't good I was up against great competitors and great cars run by great teams and I was the best and that's 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 what you want to you want to achieve it through those those kinds of situations I mean um, if you look at um, Formula One and Max winning 19 out of 22 and I mean I you know I'm not sure that championship's gonna I mean it will as far as numbers go mm. and and setting setting records but is it as rewarding as as winning it by 
uh, one point at the last or, or, or a few points at the last round of a championship. And I, I think that's what we're going to see in supercars moving forward. You know, we saw it go down to the wire again. Unfortunately, it could have gone down to the wire um, on, on Sunday at Adelaide if it hadn't been for, you know, that unsighted shunt that SVG had, which was really unfortunate. But we still went down to the wire again in our championship. And that's, that's really, really important for, you know, growth and moving forward in the future. On the subject of SVG, do you think we'll see him back for the Enduros next year or was Adelaide the last time we'll see him in a supercar for who knows how long? Yeah, I don't think we'll see him back next year. Um, he'll be too focused on what he's doing over there. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we all know that he he had um, really, I think, lost interest in supercars at the end of it all. Um, and that had been coming pretty much all year. We saw We saw that. And I think he's just he needed he needed to be get get away from it. I think he needs a, a clean slate and not be a not be attached to it. I mean, Scotty McLaughlin hasn't come back, and rightfully so. It, it, they're they're doing things that are, you know, you need so much time and focus on. They put so much energy in. I mean, SVG's year I'm, next year sounds like it's going to be just epic as far as racing goes, which is what he wants. Um, but you're not going to have any time to think about anything else and, and you've got to focus on, on what you're there to do and, and um, I'm sure he'll do that, you know, really, really well and uh, he needs that break, right? He needs to get away. It's, you know, he's, he's, there's, a, there's angst with him in, in Australia with, and, and in supercars and, and he just needs to go and focus on this new project and, and put everything into it and just not even think about Australia and Enduros and all that kind of stuff, which I'm pretty sure by now he's already doing. Yeah. I mean, a change is as good as a holiday, as they say, and it's a lot of changes that he's coming up against for next year. But you look at you look at his demeanour compared to what he was like in supercars this year. You look at his demeanour when he came over and did Rally New Zealand in WRC, when was that, last year or the year before? Yep. When he went over to yeah, when he went at, when he went over to the states this year, he looked a different person. He looked yep. he looked genuinely excited and happy to be there. Yeah, uh, and that's because it's different. It's hmm. it's it's uh, it's stuff that gets him excited. I mean, rallying, he's just so natural natural at it. And I mean, the the last rally he did here in New Zealand, the Bay of Plenty, was it Bay of Plenty? I think it was. Uh, no, uh, uh, Manor Two, Manor Two rally, Daybreaker, I think it was. You know, um, he took a few couple of stages off Hayden Padden. Mm. You know, uh, a genuine was proven WRC star. Yeah, yeah, and that was in an AP4 car, which is a great car. It's very quick. There's, you know, um, and the Audi does have a lot of sort of um, uh, uh, Rally 2 kind of specification parts in it, but it's still a New Zealand-built um, AP4 car versus uh, Hayden and an R5. Um, so, um, you know, they, that was super impressive. And, and, but he just he loves those challenges, doesn't he? He just absolutely thrives on those challenges. Um, and then, you know, the opportunity to go to America, wait, race for Trackhouse at Chicago and, and do that. I mean, that's just fairy tales, absolute fairy tale stuff. But, you know, th- he needed those things, I think, in 2023 just to, to have something to look forward to and keep him excited, right? Because, uh, as I say, the, the uh, supercars, he, he, he pretty much lost, lost his interest with, with supercars right at the beginning of the season with uh, what happened with the disqualification and then, you know, the little uh, um, situation there with, with Scafie, you know, making comments and, and all the head-butting and bits and pieces that went on. And, you know, it was, it was, some of it was justified by Shane 100%, but, you know, I just think it carried on and he let it dwell um, in, his, 
in his uh, season in Australia, which was, you know, was a was a shame, and it, it just didn't, you know, it didn't end the way that I think a lot of us would have liked it to end, you know, with a with an absolute battle down to the wire um, with with Brody to try and take away that championship. So, um, you know, he doesn't need to prove anything anymore. He just doesn't, you know, and um, he doesn't need to prove anything in Australia anymore. He's 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 proven that he was the best of the best of the best, and and um, you know, man, go and go and try and do the same thing in a in a much bigger pond because um, there'll be plenty of us that want to want to see it. Absolutely. Um, and with one Kiwi departing the grid, of course, we've got two more coming in. Richie Stanaway yep. coming back, and hasn't he landed in a good spot based on Matt Payne's performance and Dave Reynolds' performance on the Gold Coast? But Matt Payne's drive in the season finale at Adelaide Grove Racing really must go into next year as one of the four, one of the strong Ford contenders based on that. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think – I think, obviously, the, the parody thing flipped the, too far the other way um, with, the, with, the, with the Mustang, um, which we've seen happen plenty of times before. Um, so I think there's, there was a, a slight bias towards, to pour, towards the – uh, the Mustang towards the end of the season, um, but Ford got their pound of flesh, which was which is important. Um, but it even take that away uh, from from what we saw, the performance of the Grove outfit clearly has lifted, right? Um, and to win the races that you know, win the race, yeah, races that they had in the last two rounds you know, beating other teams, and obviously Tickford were up there, Cam Waters was up there as well, um, you know, they've clearly made a gain overall, take away the the parity adjustment stuff. So, you know, that is hugely exciting um, for them moving, you know, into next season. And, and, you know, I feel for Dave a little bit, you know. He's uh, found that mojo and, and and found that consistency and... And, and found the exit door. <laughs> yeah, he showcased his absolute skill and talent that we knew was there uh, towards the end of the season, and and maybe if there had been, you know, I don't know, some other other results earlier on in the year, or or a bit more consistency, or whatever, things have been different. He, he might not have been walking out the door, I suppose. Um, so I take my hat off to him because he he he, he showed no sort of ca- um, negativity about that. He you know was smiling all the way through and supporting the team. So well done to him for that. But I think they are looking really strong, and Richie. Yeah, he's, he's turning up at a, at a very good time. Um, he's going to be uh, a real asset for for Grove. Um, I know that um, the likes of Grant McPherson and and uh, Couchy, David Couchy, are, are really excited about getting him, and they should be because he and, and Brenton and Stephen Grove as well, who are giving him the chance. Um, because he, I mean, he's just he's just got so much talent, and so he's going to bring um, you know so much good information and feel. To support them, but also uh, Matt, Matt as well, and he'll just keep the push going. Um, you know the, the 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 comments that I've had from you know spoken to people at you know and Roland Dane and other guys at Triple Eight, they've just you know they were really blown away by uh, you know uh, Richie's performance and his contribution as well to to that team this year, and and you know he loved being a part of that um, that environment just that, that real professional environment. And that's what, um, you know, has been, is being created at, at Grove Racing. So he's, he's going to be an asset to them and um, they're going to be able to, I think, give him everything he needs to, to maximise his, his talent as well. 
You also mentioned the other Kiwi that's joining the grid earlier in Ryan Wood, who will be taking over the flagship number two entry at Walkinshaw Andretti United. And you've had a bit to do with him through the Tony Quinn Foundation, and he was mightily impressive as a rookie in Super 2. How do you think he'll fare in the crowd next year? Yeah, it's quite it's – a, it's a little bit ironic, really. I mean, um, a young guy that, that uh, didn't comply to the regulations required to do the Enduros in 2023 – and before the Enduros had even happened, he had a contract in place um, that he was going to be driving full-time in 2024, which sort of highlights the need to obviously make some changes and have, have some things changed around around the regulations and rules on, on when you can and can't race in, a, in the Enduros. Um, you know, his, his, his talent is huge. I've been watching him for a long time, known him for a long time um, before he went to Australia. And, um, yeah, you know, Ryan's just uh, one of those innate, talents that is has got a, a very big future and, and Walkinshaw and Dritty United recognised that um, at the end of 2022 and and you know put him into a, a contract um, which has now evolved into yeah the, the full-time role next to Chaz next year so listen it, it, it's going to be a, a massive learning curve but if you look at his performances and there were some obviously some negative ones in, in 2023 in Super 2 but you know um to win the most races in Super Two, most rounds, pole positions, um, like he did. Those you don't need to win the championship. It's about making statements, and and Ryan knows how to make statements, and uh, that's that's what's given him uh, the, the 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 opportunity to to be what he's going to be next year, which is a full time uh, race car driver in a, in a professional supercar team. Um, so he was a sta- he's a standout, absolute standout, and you know and and. And really, you know, that's the that's the level that you need to operate at if you if you want to get um, to be in the position like Matt Payne um, as a as a as a pro driver in, in supercars. So, yeah, we as I said, we've we've got a lot to look forward to um, in twenty in twenty four um, from a Kiwi's perspective. And and obviously, we we turn up back in New Zealand again for supercars at Topor nineteenth uh, to the twenty first of April. And uh, already, you know, ticket sales and everything here for this event are gone. It's pretty well sold out. It's just going to be something completely epic. So, yeah, that's uh, that for motorsport fans in this part of the world. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got heaps that um, are coming up. That uh, is going to be really exciting. A big thank you to Greg Murphy for joining us on the Castrol Motorsport News podcast. A reminder that if you do want to get in and get tickets for the Topol Historic Grand Prix. Head to TicketFairy.com. And if you're in Australia, you've still got plenty of time between now and when the event happens on January 19 to 21 to sort out flights across the ditch and a com because it is sure to be a ripper of a race meeting. Now, as this is definitely our last Castrol Motorsport News podcast ep of 2023, I want to say a big thank you to Stefan Bartholomeus for doing an absolutely sterling job as co-host throughout the year, and in particular since I turned up in the host chair back in October. Thank you to Aaron Noonan, of course, the boss of the Motorsport Podcast Network, for giving me the opportunity to step into some pretty big shoes as the host. To AJ Hawkins, our editor that ensured every episode sounds nice and smooth and makes us sound more competent than we actually are. Uh, The good people at Castrol, of course, for supporting the Motorsport News podcast since its inception back in 2021. And of course, last but certainly not least, you, the listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to us throughout the wild ride that has been 2023. 
We hope you have a good holiday season and rejoin us bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in 2024 for a fresh season of Castrol Motorsport News. Hey, it's Chaz Mostert here, and yes, I'm inside your speaker. I'm in here because I have a special message for you from Clayton in Melbourne. If you're a club, state or national racer on the circuit or on the dirt in Speedway or rallying, you can now tap into the know-how of Walkinshaw Racing Services and you don't need a supercar to get in the door. The same expertise that's won multiple Bathurst 1000s and V8 Supercar Championships is now available for you to call upon. From bonnet to bumper, WRS can help you with engines, design, paint, machining, fabrication and so much more for all sorts of makes, models and categories. Have a chat with Walkinshaw Racing Services and tell them what matters to you. Call now on 1300 W Racing or email services at walkinshawracing.com.au.